Welcome to Square in the Circle, the podcast where I chat to creative business owners to see how they balance the art and the business. We're back with another Creative Collective Mastermind session, a roundtable format where creative business owners support one another and talk openly and honestly about the challenges they face. This episode features Dennis Lewis from Wise on Words, voiceover artist Sean Anthony, business videographer Alex Durham, actor Nick Field, Alicia Clifton from Burnt Toast Solutions, Matt Reed from Yesio, Quinton Quayle from Quayle Industries, and voiceover artist Martin Whiskey. Let's get straight on with the first question. I don't know who wants to go first, but the first question is, what is the biggest blockage that stops you achieving what you want in your business? Um, who, oh, Alicia, straight up, Alicia's first time in the room, digital hand raised so quickly. So Alicia, yes. over to you. Well, I thought I'd jump in really quick because I'm probably going to go in with the most obvious one. Um, the the dreaded C word, not Christmas, cash flow. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> so cash flow, I think, is always a bit of a blockage. Um, I definitely often find myself sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, and I suppose just figuring out when you've got a small budget, where do you put your money? What do you outsource? Um, and I think it's just trying to figure out, you know, because I mean, ultimately, when you're running your own business, you don't want to be doing £10 jobs when you could be doing £10,000 jobs. But if you don't have the £10, <laughs> you'll find yourself in a bit of a catch-22. So, um, yeah, I find that tends to be the biggest blockage when it yeah, comes to... Yeah, I, I, th I think everybody could um, totally agree with that or empathise with that. It's, I mean, I think it's slightly different <laughs> your issue as well because you, if, if I'm right in saying, um, your jobs really can range from... 10 pounds to huge ones so it's do you go for the the big ticket items and work potentially less but earn more per job or do you just keep everything going for cash flow and things so it's um yeah that's that must be even more difficult i think yeah definitely because i think the thing is sometimes those those small jobs as well the ones that you might not necessarily want to take because they're low value and time consuming but those small jobs can always i suppose yeah. move on to bigger things um they're uh they're an in aren't they so yes that's true but also also when it comes to outsourcing you know like there are the little things that are very very time consuming whether it's I don't know responding to emails scheduling um chasing chasing new clients chasing old clients for invoices um and it's like do you do that stuff or do you just crack on and do the things you need to do to win more business or or do you get someone else to do it um yeah yeah, yeah. um let's i think that's a it's a good um subject for a bit later outsourcing and working out who in the room does outsource and how much i know martin does um but it'd be interesting to know what everybody else is doing um sean over to you <coughs> he's, he's only i'm on mute. mute that's i've just realized that i've pressed too many buttons um but yeah i agree with uh, alicia as well um with the fact of sort of like what do you do with the the, the small um the small jobs or, or the larger ones but i found recently as well the small jobs that i did earlier on they have come back um over and over again and as they've grown their budget has grown with it which is which has been 
um, really quite nice to see. I mean, it's few and far between, like the the amount of cheap, uh, yeah, cheap jobs that I did at the beginning. There aren't as many that have grown and 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 doing the same thing. But I suppose it is that is also that option of well, I I can see some promise with these guys. I'll I'll, I'll carry on with them. But yeah, I was going to say I've I've also got a a C word with mine as well, which is uh, confidence, really. It's uh, knowing, well, related to last meeting as well, it's it's sort of knowing your true value um, and not having to rely on others. Um, and that's a lot of what I've I've got trouble with is approaching people. And instead of going, yes, it's me, I'm awesome. You want me on your team. I just got- I'm so sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> would you mind if, uh, well, if I could borrow your ear for just one second? And yeah, by that time, they're already on to the next thing. So it's just sort of, yeah, a confidence issue. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, kind of in response to the combination of both Alicia and Sean. So <clears throat> kind of understanding at what point you stop taking the lower jobs is then the difficulty. So my, I will be completely honest, my cash flow is absolutely in the gutter at the moment. Um, it's terrible. Um, I've had to take a second job to keep myself afloat, which is absolutely fine because I really, really like it actually. Um, but I, it's simply because I'm holding my confidence in the value of my work. I have so far declined in the past two weeks, I've actually declined jobs because they wouldn't accept my day rate. Um, and that is simply because they were trying to downplay my services. Well, you did it for this rate this long ago. Why can't you do it for them? It's like, because I've improved since then. I've done this and that's what I'm holding to. Um, and yes, it is horrible on the bank account um, because I'm holding myself accountable in the sense of I am worth this amount of money. I've had so many clients pay that rate and have been absolutely in love with what I've I've given them. So why should I, just because I need the money, why should I accept to just take a job for the sake of it? So, because uh, otherwise they're just going to be able to realize they can do it again and again and again. So it's having that confidence um, to sometimes bite the bullet and just go, I am good at what I do. This is my rate. This is who I am. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's an absolute massive struggle at the moment. Don't get me wrong, but I can't devalue my work any longer because I've been doing this for three years and I uh, I know that I am good at what I do. I've had so many positive and, and great support from businesses around me as well. So yeah, that's kind of my response to what you guys are saying of like, I've had, I've got that cash flow blockage at the moment, but I'm also then not going to knock my confidence on my work and lower mm. my rate because of the cash flow. Um, and I've I've solved it by getting another job. Um, well, firstly, um, thank you for your honesty, Alex, because that's really not um, easy to do, I don't think. Um, so thank you. Um, whoever wants to go next, biggest blockage in your business? Um, I'll go next. Um, so I'm kind of, there's, a, there's like a bit of a an inward-looking one and an outward-looking one. Um, so I'd say the inward-looking one is kind of like imposter syndrome still. I've, um, I've done, I mean, I've been in business six years. I've done quite a lot of work on this. But it's still there, kind of sat on my shoulder going, yeah, you're a bit shit, aren't you? So, you know, that's kind of just something you've I've got to just kind of deal with. Um, but I think in terms of, um, I think it's just kind of getting getting out there. I think that's been my biggest my biggest sort of hurdle. Um, so I started offering drone services to companies in 2017. And people were just like, 
who's going to pay you to come fly a drone? Well, that thing my little grandson Johnny's got. What? Who's going to pay you money to come and do that? And so it's been like educating people as to what drones can do for them, sort of thing. Um, and I just kind of think, yeah, it's just kind of spreading that word, really. So I was just having a drink. <laughs> Good timing. Well, a nice place to start. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think imposter syndrome is something. That, well, who, who, everybody has imposter syndrome. But did you? A, a quick question then, Quinton, because I know that what you did before. Did you ever have imposter syndrome in your previous role? Uh, no, or, but I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I hated yeah, my yeah. last job. Um, I did it for twenty years. I definitely gave yeah. it a, a time to sort of to see if I was going to like it or not. Um, the crux of it was I enjoyed so it was, I. Basically walking across the countryside, seeing where trees were causing power line issues. Um, so when I was walking across the countryside doing that, um, it was all very nice. When I started managing people, that's kind of when it sort of went crap really. Um, and yeah, just I should have been a bit more. I should have been a bit more sort of um, aware of the fact that I shouldn't. I shouldn't have started managing people because I'm just not built to manage people. I'm too nice. I let people get away with murder, which is not a good manager. <laughs> But so the reason why I ask that is, is, is imposter syndrome worse if you've had a career change? Because if you've done something, say, from, you know, you've been to uni or whatever it is, and then you have a job for 15 years, that's just, that's your identity. That's, that's it baked in, isn't it? Whereas if you change, that's potentially where, where it, where it kicks in more. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. else thinks. Yeah, I, I kind of say that if um, if I'd have just carried on doing tree surveying, I wouldn't need a website, I wouldn't need any social, I wouldn't need a networking, anything. I just, just I've got a phone book full of people, and I could have said I've got any work, and there'd be loads of work to do. Um, jumping industry is definitely makes it trickier, and jumping into an industry that doesn't exist yet definitely makes it harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you, Quentin. Dennis, I think we haven't heard from you yet, so over to you. A couple of things come to mind, um, things like, um, of course, imposter syndrome and also a sense of being overwhelmed at times with all of the different tasks that come with uh, running a, a business on your own. Um, but I, I think right now I'm continually running into an issue with uh, this network that I belong to. I'm not sure if you've heard of it called Mother Tongue. They're they have offices in London, Singapore, and also in uh, in the States, in New York. And what they do is they basically, um, they negotiate with uh, creatives for different particular, uh, different types of jobs, voiceover, uh, content writing, etc. My issue with them is every time I, I've been with them for about two years, every time um, they offer me um, a new pot potential contract. It's like I have to renegotiate um, my rates with them again. And it, it, I find it very frustrating because um, it's like it's like they're trying to set a, not to put a, put a fine point on it. It's almost as if they're trying to set me up so that I, I can over, overprice myself and thereby lose a potential job or undersell myself right and so i just find it a bit irritating because um you know i i feel like i constantly have to prove myself uh to them even though i've been with them for you know the last two years and the thing is um 
I don't feel it's worth my while to kind of tell them to piss off at this particular stage <laughs> because they actually do have uh, they have sent some good uh, good jobs my way. Um, for for example, one one contract I have with them through them um, is with uh, LinkedIn, but um, I just find it a bit frustrating. Um, it's just like this constant. Um, uh, this constant issue of having to renegotiate what my rates are and trying to make sure that I assert myself. Yeah. Um, Alicia, you had your hand up. I did. Very just 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 to sort of to 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 jump in on what what Dennis was saying, I suppose it relates a lot to what Alex mentioned earlier about that. This is my worth. I know my worth. This is what I'm going to charge you. Um, but then, yeah, I suppose when you're sort of like you've, you've set that rate for yourself and then constantly having to renegotiate it every single time is definitely, I can imagine how frustrating that is. I can definitely see how frustrating that is because it's like you wouldn't, I, I always find that quite hard in any, I suppose any freelance role, you don't have to be a creative, but any freelance role you often go you know one of the first things I did when I set out to be a freelancer was like this is how much I'm going to charge and then I found for the first year I was constantly negotiating down and underselling myself because I'm like I just need the work <laughs> um and then and then I suppose that's when the imposter syndrome starts to kick in as well when you constantly got people nigging at you saying no I don't want to pay that much I want to pay this much and then you're like, well, am I worth the amount that I'm trying to charge people? And it's, I suppose, it's all of those little things working together in your mind, aren't all, all sort of coming at you. Um, and it's, it is frustrating because mm. you wouldn't walk into Tesco's and say, no, I only want to pay four pounds for this bit of beef. Like, I mean, you can try. But <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be walking out of the shop with that bit of beef for four quid, though. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, why, why does everyone feel the need to haggle and negotiate with freelancers? I think the other thing is if it's a client who's quite valuable as well. Mm. So if, for instance, Dennis, if this was the first time, if this was just a standalone client and you're having these issues, well, you may do the job and then never work with them again. And that's that. But if, if there's that repeat work coming in, you've got to think, oh, you know, you, and it's, you're only human, you know, if for instance, you know, you're having a quiet month and that potentially could change it from being a quiet month to an okay month well you know your pride can I, your pride doesn't pay the bill does it so that that's that's why it's it's and going back to what alex was saying it's such a delicate thing pricing um and something that i've i constantly struggle with and constantly wrestle with myself and i have days where i think oh, this is my day rate and i'm sticking to it and then there's other days where i'm thinking well i really need this job actually this month so you know i'll, I'll bring it down by 20 or 30 percent or whatever that is just just so that booking is is in the diary now that's probably really wrong to be honest but it's it to know you comes back to that human aspect doesn't it yes it does and like i said before they they have sent me very good work right um um my way of I'm, what i'm working on um right now in order to try and not be so dependent on them um, is to try and get attract more clients, more reliable, uh, long-term clients, thereby uh, I can actually be in a position to sort of say no sometimes. 
um, you know, and I, I think that uh, gives you a sense of uh, power to be able to actually say no to certain things rather than always say, oh, okay, yes, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. that's basically what I, I, I think uh, um, I'm going to really put a lot more effort into in the next uh, few months. Right. So, Quinton, you've got your hand up, which is awesome. But Nick has just sat down. I think I think we've timed it perfectly. So what we'll do, Nick, we're just discussing. I hope you've heard, but we're just discussing the, the biggest blockages in your business. Easy for me to say. And then Quinton will come to you after that. Um, and then we'll probably go on to another subject. We'll see how we go. Biggest obstacles in business are, for me, it's um, procrastination. It's like, is it really that important if you finish that right now? Um, you know, it's just like, don't, it's this constant feeling that, you know, you have to get things done. You have to get things done, but at the same time, don't work yourself into the ground trying to get things done. I think that's, that's something as well. You're, I mean, in a lot of ways, um, in any kind of freelance job, um, it's very true in voiceover. It's a case of, um, you're not going by a certain rule book. You've got to work out where, you know, you're planning your own route. And as someone who, someone who kind of like, I've never been very entrepreneurial, you know, it was never really in my plan to become a freelancer, but this is the kind of work that I enjoy doing. And the majority of it is done on a freelance basis. So trying to do it without, uh, so, you know, you you haven't got a, a set of rules to live by. You haven't got a, um, you know, a set plan that you can follow that other people are doing. So it's, um, I think in a lot of ways, trying to try, trying to have like an entrepreneurial mindset when I've never been very entrepreneurial is something that I find hard. Other people have talked about rates and things like that. That is very true as well. Um, I do a lot of stuff on the freelancer sites where the, uh, Pay is not particularly good, but um, I have a, I have standards that I live by, and I've turned down various bits of work um, simply because the amount that they are charging and the time limit that they want that done in is, you know, I'm just saying, to, and I'm I'm not saying, you know, you know, that's not my rate, but I'm also saying that is not realistic to expect someone to do. And I say to them, I won't be able to deliver um, a quality result for you with that. So, you know, I, I've I have become a lot better at sticking to my guns. Good. Um, Good. So, you know, I think I think it's uh, it's it's like kind of the person was saying, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be a manager of something. You know, I just don't have that kind of mindset, and I probably let things slip that I shouldn't. So, I think when you're working by yourself and you know, I feel confident saying, sorry, I'm not able to do that. Feel free to get back in touch if there's something that I can help you with in future. So, yeah, I think, um, I th so yeah, I think there's, a, there's, I think I've gotten better at that, but the whole idea of, you know, being organized, you know, planning for things to happen is something that I do find difficult to do. I think I found this when I was teaching as well. I always found it hard to think about, um, I always thought found it hard to think about Tuesday's lessons on a Monday. I just couldn't get into that kind of mindset. So thinking, thinking further ahead is, I, so yeah, planning ahead is something that I've really struggled with. I have to say. 
Thank you, Nick. That was really, yeah, really, really informative. Um, planning ahead, yeah, geez. <laughs> I think everybody can uh, relate to that. Um, Quinton, uh, Matt hasn't shared his blocker story yet, so we'll go Matt and then Quinton, if that's all right, um, and then and then we'll move on. And Dennis, um, you've got a horrible story as well that you've just popped in, so we'll, we'll, we'll nip back to you and then we'll we'll go on to the next part. Um, Matt, over to you, mate. Okay, um, got got quite a bit to share, but I'll try and make it quick so I don't eat up too much time. Um, most, I think, only one person in this room knows, and that's Nick, because we spoke the other day in the meeting. Um, as as most of you know, I I don't have my own business. Um, I work with Andrew, but that is changing. Um, I am I'll, I'll still work with Andrew, but um, I'm going to be going freelance. But much like Martin, um, my blocker is um Martin. Uh, no, it's myself. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Um, so for various reasons, and pretty much all of the above, everything that everyone's mentioned, uh, cash flow. I need money for, to start up. I need to get organized. Imposter syndrome. Um, I forget what else, but literally everything that's been mentioned. It's like, yep, yep, yep. Valuing myself properly. Um, I, I mentioned a, a, a figure for a day rate to Andrew that not to charge him, but what I should charge people. And he said, no, double that, because otherwise you're undercharging, you you won't get enough work. And it, it wasn't a low figure for a day rate. So I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but I have I have freelanced before um, and it didn't go well because I just didn't know what I was doing. Um, and a, a big kind of um, scary obstacle for me is my mental health. Um, I spent five years not working. Um, last time I was freelancing, um long story short i ended up homeless and my mental health was the worst it had ever been so you know that makes it scary um it wasn't just because freelancing didn't go well but yeah um obviously in a much better place now um and the other thing is i need to figure out exactly what i want to do because i'm i'm multi-skilled and i don't want to be like a jack of all trades kind of guy obviously i do seo i've worked for 10 years as a web developer i I'm handy with all sorts of digital marketing. I'm into my audio and music production. So I need to figure that out as well. Um, but yeah, um, imposter syndrome is one of the biggest and um, just pulling it all together. And obviously it would it would help if I knew exactly what I wanted to offer to people. I might, I might just kind of offer loads of things out and then see what comes and then. I remember when I was speaking to Martin, um... This is months ago. This might have even be on a podcast, actually. I'm very um, memorable. <laughs> most of our conversations aren't, but this one was. And he was saying at the very beginning, do as much as you can, because then you work out what you don't want to do. I, um, I know quite a few things I don't want to do. I've, my pro problem is more that there's lots of things that I do want to do. Ideally, I'd... Like if if it was purely passion based, it would be music. But as we all know, that's a hard thing to get into as a job. Yeah. Well, yes. like, like most creative jobs. Um, but yeah, I enjoy all sorts. So there's I I do a couple of other things under like the audio umbrella because of voiceover. But I if someone asks me, can I do that? I will say yes, but I don't advertise it. So it's, you know, I'm a voiceover artist, but if someone comes to me and says, oh, can you edit podcasts? I'll say yes, because I can. But so it's going to to you, Matt, what you were saying, you know, do I come across as a jack of all trades or an expert in in one? 
you know, you could pick one that you advertise and market. And then if anyone asks you about the others, you could just say yes anyway and still keep your hand in. Yeah, that's 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 useful. Well done, Matt. Um, good luck. And obviously we'll see you at the next one to see how you're getting on. Um uh right, Quinton, and then we'll go to Dennis's story. Um, so I was just gonna mention something about rates, um, because I, I do do a vast variety of work. I've got no sort of fixed day rate. It's you know, if I'm out doing a if I'm working for a building surveyor doing a roof survey, I can charge loads of money for there because they're used to paying it. Um, you know, if it's some if it's Mrs. Megan's one the picture of her house, then I'm clearly not gonna charge that sort of thing. Uh, but I tend to, Dennis, what you were saying about the circumstance you're in. If work comes to me, I'm quite happy to drop my price because I haven't had to go finding it. It's just kind of come my way. So it's like, I haven't had to do that chunk of work for that. And it kind of the bet the risk is on them. So when the work comes to me like that, I'm happy just to go below, essentially. It's interesting. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. Um, that but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Dennis. Oh, yeah. So I just wanted to... Um you know, piggyback onto uh, Nick's point about um, when, you know, you have people um, imposing really unrealistic or unfair demands upon you to fulfill a certain task, whatever, right? This happened to me, um, I think, about two or so months before Christmas. I was contacted out of the blue by this... Um, by this copywriting kind of collective based in the UK. I'd never heard of these people from Adam, right? And uh, that they had seen my profile, whatever, right? And to cut a long story short, they offered me this really nice um, job um, writing uh, for Expedia, right? And it was to produce a bunch of, um, a bunch of uh, copy for some new promotion that they were doing, right? But the only thing is, uh, a couple of things really I I thought were kind of odd, and they should have been red flags to me. Number one, they didn't offer me a contract straight away. They just kind of gave me a general kind of a, a general details about the brief. And then number two, the deadline was really unrealistic. They wanted me to produce something like 35,000 words within a two-week period or even less than that. And it was just really bizarre. But I just thought, okay, I'll, you know, I'll I'll try and do crank out as much as I can. And then when we get to the deadline, I'll just say, oh, I didn't finish it. And then hopefully they'll give me an extension. I I just went with that mindset, right? Anyway, I I'm into the project two days before the deadline that they gave me. All of a sudden, I get an email from them saying, oh, Dennis, your work is terrible, blah, 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 blah. We've had to take it away from you and give it to another writer. And they didn't pay me. Hmm. And uh, because I didn't have a contract, I didn't have a contract with them, they got away with it. And you know, that's when the penny dropped and I realized that it was all a setup, right? And I should have listened to my, uh, paid attention to my instincts. There were red flags because every single, um, every time I have a, you know, some connection with a person and we are kind of working out what my, what my brief is, we always sign a contract or someone will say, okay, they'll send me an email. Okay, Dennis, you'll be doing this, this, and this for me by this date. But they didn't do any of that. And it was an obvious setup. Oh, I was I was angry, but I mostly I was angry at myself for 
falling for that one. It was a real rookie mistake, but you know, it was really nasty though. Has, has, that sounds bloody awful. Has, has, has yeah. anybody else been through a similar thing where the red flags have been there at the very start and you've ignored it and then you've been and your instinct is is right or the instinct is wrong potentially um i know i know i have um if no one else has got any stories but um the relationships the same kind of thing i think um, everyone when... gets at least one of those but most people um it only happens to them once because like you learn that expensive lesson don't you and that's the way I'd try to look at it. Like, yeah. okay, it's infuriating, but you know that's done now. You know it's not going to happen again. So that's the positive. Yeah. But the thing is, these people um, they came across as really looking legit, right? They uh, they belong to this collective in the UK, and then the client, you know, the fact that the client was Expedia, I just thought, oh yeah, well, okay. Uh, even though I I saw these red flags, I just oh well they're okay. I mean you know I I just dismissed them right. Big client, you know they must be legit. This is the mm. way they do it. Mm. And I fell for it. Yeah. Well, always have a contract. Always, always, always. I have to say I've actually never worked with contracts. When I first started up, I was very I'm like I don't do contracts. It's not my thing. Don't do them. One I hate writing proposals. Two. I couldn't be bothered to write any contracts. Uh, so I've always literally just said, look, this is my fee. I'll invoice you when the work's done. You have but to pay it. If that's in writing and they agree to it in writing, that is a contract. I'll always send out a quote because that, that kind of, if they don't say no to it, then that's been you know, legally binding if they instruct me to go and do it. I have um, I have contracts for, for voiceover work and I've had to, I think a lot of voiceovers doing it now. And I don't want this to become a topic because we haven't got much time left, but I've had to insert another clause in it saying that you can't use this to to teach machines how to talk. <laughs> um, we've got we've got five minutes left. Should we quickly talk about outsourcing? Just because that came out that came up earlier on. Um so yeah, who who outsources their any of any of their work? I know Martin, you do if you want to crack on. Um, yeah, unless you, you do as well so yeah martin yeah oh yeah i'll be really quick my the first thing i outsourced and it was a big hurdle to get over because like i said earlier i'd done everything for myself to start with i tried to teach myself um don't listen to this bit matt i tried to teach myself seo when i first started <laughs> because i couldn't i didn't have the money to to pay someone to do it um no one learns it at uni everyone teaches themselves yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was that that was the first thing because I thought I've got to a certain point and and I can't I don't have the time to learn it and I, I'm just not going to learn it as well as someone who does it. So I eventually found someone to do that. Um, recently, I've been uh, outsourcing blog writing because again I ran out of time doing that. And uh, as you know, Ben, cold calling as well, which actually didn't happen in the end because they closed their business. But <laughs> so after working for you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> uh, yeah uh cracking that whip but um yeah i i think it every time i realize it's time to outsource it's always nice to do it and always a, a relief for multiple reasons um alicia um well i found myself in a position recently where i have no choice but to outsource 
Um, you probably, you guys all know me as a copywriter, which initially when I started freelancing, that that is what I did. I was copywriting and I wanted to focus a niche on email marketing. Um, and then I met my business partner um, who never intended to be my business partner. We were just, you know, I was just meant to be working for him um, and doing email marketing for his little clothing brand. Um, that then became full on digital marketing and I took over all of the digital doing conversion rate optimization SEO all sorts went and got lots of diplomas and became a jack of all trades and had to start doing all of that and then he was so happy with my work that he went be my business partner be a director of the company um so I was like okay um so then started doing that and I found actually with the two of us we became very stretched spread very very thin I was doing way you know I was just juggling way too many balls I was picking up what I just I think both of us were like kid in a sweet kids in a sweet shop like let's do this project and let's start offering this service and this and this and this um combining our skill set and it just got way too much um and short version is Michael uh is no longer a director of the business um so now I'm the sole managing director and um, I, yes, have now sort of been lumbered with a business that I kind of never intended on doing <laughs> as a job. Um, but, and so, yeah, I sort of thought, yeah, I could go back to that, that route of teaching myself how to do everything, but I'm already spread too thin. So I've now had to be really, really tough on myself and go, right, what is my business plan? How am I gonna make this work? How am I gonna make it viable? And I am now outsourcing absolutely everything because before I got into copywriting and marketing, I was a manager for years and years and years. And that is actually what I'm really good at. <laughs> I'm really good at managing people. So I thought, let's just get back to basics and start outsourcing. Um, and oh, my God, what a weight off. What just it's amazing. I miss managing so much. I'm so glad to be in this position. However, with Michael disappearing again, cash flow. This is why I said cash flow being a bit of an issue. Um, uh, I, I've also had to go out and get a job as well. So it's quite funny. I've now got a job that I'm using to subsidize my business to pay other people to do my job uh, for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Madness. Um, yeah, well, we've we've literally got about 90 seconds left but dennis had his hand up that's really fascinating oh. by the way um and yeah, yeah if we had more time we'd, we'd dive into that because there's so many strands there um but uh yeah, yeah. dennis go on i i was actually just going to ask alicia in the middle of her story if you hire with your management experience if you've hired someone to to help you in the in your company um, I'm not hiring people at the moment. I am because again, it's money. I mean, if I if an investor turned around to me tomorrow and said, "Have a hundred thousand pounds," I'd hire five people for six months and pray to God that there was more money to pay them in six months. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, at the moment, I am subbing out to freelancers. I'm almost sort of white labeling a lot of services, um, subbing out to freelancers and using suppliers and things like that. Uh, whereas before we did everything ourselves, now we do nothing ourselves. Mm. Um, so yeah, literally just a middleman. I love it. You love it, yeah. Well, I good. Love it. Glad you love it. Um, oh, it's, and we're just going to we're going to go back into the main room in a second. But I, I just, I say this every time, but I love, I love these sessions because 
so many times you know what it's like working for yourself so many times you think that the stuff that you're going through is just your own uh mm. or everybody else is just smashing it they're smashing it out of the park and they're doing this and doing that and these kind of sessions where everybody can be really open and supportive it just it just shows that everybody's going through their thing everybody has their good days and bad days so um yeah so a huge thank you to everybody thanks so much for listening to this episode of squaring the circle if you want to support the show you can do two things number one you can subscribe and number two you can leave a review thanks very much and i'll see you soon